We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in to this Wednesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio this afternoon. Neil wrote assorted topics, and that's probably the best way to describe whatever's over the next hour and uh, in a few minutes here with you this afternoon. We're having a lovely Wednesday. Weather's pretty nice outside. A little warm, but good uh, Good July weather, good July temperature here in the uh, in the Oxford metropolitan area. As we're uh, here with you, we got a little news out of SEC Media Days. That's not a surprise. Got a baseball player in the transfer portal and whatever else is going on uh, this, uh, this, this, this lovely afternoon. So we'll talk about that more with you. On the Oxford Exxon podcast, the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West, obviously in uh, in Oxford. Download the SpeedPass Plus app, take advantage of it, earn points, save money there with the uh, the Oxford Exxon. Also get a lunch special every single weekday, 569, two sides, bread, 32-ounce drink, including barbecue, chicken, ribs, and more there in the uh, the hot case inside the convenience store. So take advantage of, again, all blue sky locations in Mississippi. Again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop it around. You can do what I've done. What I recommend that you do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Guest, join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters on the Water, which is today, Wednesday, open at 5 today. Again, uh, Thursday and Friday, and then open all day, Saturday and Sunday. Frozen margaritas, frozen daiquiris, uh, great waterfront uh, views there at Rafters on the Water. And you can also go to Rafters on the Square in Oxford and Rafters in New Albany. So, uh, let's see. No really uh, n- breaking news or anything. This is the last time we talked to you yesterday afternoon. I just posted on the board a minute ago. Uh, right-handed pitcher Cody Adcock has entered the transfer portal. Multiple people on Twitter asking me why. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but he has. So, Probably uh, because he wants to go play somewhere else. That's potentially a possibility. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, that would be my guess. <laughs> uh, I don't think he just slept on the wrong side of the bed or anything last night. But nonetheless, uh, it looked. Fairly 
significant thing given where Ole Miss is from a pitching standpoint going into next season. At this point, they've only added one player. That's uh, John Gaddis, the uh, right, the left-handed pitcher out of Texas, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And I do think he'll factor into a role. But had you told me to to build a depth chart, to build a, uh, a lineup and a bullpen for next season, Adcock would have been probably prominently featured in that. He didn't throw a ton. He had 14 appearances last year. He did start against Arkansas in the uh, SEC tournament semifinal there in Hoover. Pitched okay. He gave up two runs, I think, in 4.1 innings, something like that. And he was all right. Fastball into the mid-90s, had some uh, had some juice. He's developed his other pitches, but, I mean, I thought for a first year, Adcock was pretty promising, and I thought that he uh, had a, a bright college baseball future, and it's not that he won't. It just doesn't appear that it will be at, uh, at Ole Miss as it moves forward. Between that and, and Derek Diamond's issues with whatever is or is not with that, that elbow, I don't have any update there. I know they were going to do some different therapies, do some different rehabs, on him, but when you're talking about your potential Friday night starter for next year, any kind of elbow issue is a uh, is a big deal related to your roster. So, um, I don't know. It's a blow. Whatever's going on with Adcock, assuming he does end up transferring out. Sometimes these guys lose their scholarship and come back and don't go. But this this feels like a gone. This feels like Cody will play somewhere else. Um, so it's a it's a shot to the depth. We'll see what this uh, this pitching roster looks like because it, it's a it's an interesting it's a weird college baseball profile right now for Ole Miss heading into 2022 I don't know where I would rank them I don't know what I would do with them because they have literally everybody back from a offensive standpoint all of those position players that were potentially draft eligible or were draft eligible but were not drafted they all announced on Twitter yesterday Tim Moko, Kevin Graham Justin Bench I think the top 10 11 hitters can all be back if they want to be back next season so offensively they're gonna be really really good but what's on the mound? What does that look like? I have absolutely no idea. So you're talking about a uh, a top five offense and a lot of question marks. Mike has always gets a lot of benefit of the doubt because he does put a pitching staff together every year. They're always pretty good. They are never even average. They're above average most seasons. You know, frankly, this year they were probably below average, or they're not probably. They were like tenth in the league and runs allowed. But because of Nikhazy obviously doing what he did, because of having Hoagland for majority of the season, it was kind of masked a little bit. So definitely a uh, definitely a big deal for Ole Miss as it uh, as it moves into next season from a from a pitching standpoint. So we'll monitor. We'll see what's going on. But uh, nonetheless, they they were not hurt by the draft any more than they would have been expect, expected to. It went as well as it could have gone because there was no realistic expectation that Jackson Job was going to come to school. So he uh, he's going to be a Detroit Tiger unless Detroit really miscalculated his ability to take $5 million here over the next uh, couple weeks. They didn't. And I have a hard time doing that. There's there's, like fan graphs opened up the thing about how if there was a team that could absorb losing that amount of your bonus pool, it was the Tigers because they have compensatory picks. However, you still don't want to lose $7.2 million out of your bonus pool. And that doesn't, uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So, Anyway, I don't know. That's uh, that's where we're at. So that's your uh, your baseball update. I got uh, I got nothing else. So nonetheless, uh, media days. What? No fans in the building and no autographs. Is that what I saw? Correct. No fans in the building. Okay. So no uh, no the 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 gumps in the lobby. That's over. Um, they there will be an outside area that they can be roped to together. So they'll probably put the fans all in one little crammed area, but it'll be outdoors. See, everybody gets mad at me because I, I, I poke fun at this, and everyone gets mad. Chase comes in for the record making fun of it too. So I, I want I you did. to know that going in. They make fun of me, and everybody gets the defensive. People got their feelings hurt in Oxford last week because I was very vocal about 
organizing, hey, let's, you need to let the superintendent know how you feel. And, and I got a lot of the leftists in this town really worked up. And I'm glad. That's, I don't mind. I'm not buddies with them anyway. We're on opposite sides. We want different things. I don't care. So, yeah, there's no fans in the thing, which is fine, whatever. They, they, frankly, sometimes they were sort of in the way. But no autographs. And that was always kind of a big thing. There was always kind of a, a lot of people down there collecting autographs. It's and the stuff circus, and, and that was one of the rings to the circus. And frankly, I think it's one of the things that the league sort of begrudgingly liked. I get it. No, no, no. It, you it, know, was, it was harmless. Like we can all make fun of it, but it was fine. I mean, it's look SC Media Days in general when it's running at complete capacity with no pandemic limits or anything else. It. That's that's kind of I'll say this the right way. We make fun of it in a very like jokingly stupid way, but no, from a league standpoint, if you're simply the SEC, it's a big deal and it's a good thing for your league because the fact that it, look, I, I get that we've always told you guys if you want to go to see media days, just apply for credential and you get in, which is probably true. Yeah. However, not this year probably. Yeah, but in a normal year. Yeah. yeah. But. In saying that, it's good for the league for them to be able to go, hey, 1,400 media members came to our thing. I get why they do it. I understand the press and the PR around, especially when you're the SEC and we do nothing all year but beat it over your freaking head that we are number one in the country in football. Yeah. It just means more. We're going to show you all our titles. We're going to tell you how we've played in the national championship final every year since 2009 and and, and twice we damn near did it against uh, another one of our teams. Like, we do all that. And everybody knows exactly when Nick Saban and company are arriving at the Winfrey and all the TV stations are there and they show the fans. It's it's not some hidden agenda going on here. Because if they wanted to sneak them in someplace where they could just slip in, there are ways to do that. And they don't. They they do it a certain way. But look, there's – the. I'm going to be careful how I do this because I don't want to out anybody that I've talked to because I have talked to people around the league and I've talked to some people in the league. And there are people in the media that are just waiting to pounce, that are waiting to criticize if something, quote, goes wrong, end quote. And they wanted to do this. They wanted to have the big event. They want to have – they're somewhat limited on what they can do because of the – is it is it is, is it a Hyatt Regency? Is what the Winfrey is now? So there's some Hyatt. Right. Yeah. There are some Hyatt rules that supersede Alabama rules. Hyatt rules and just yeah, Birmingham Jefferson County rules. Yeah, yeah. and so they're having to follow some rules, so they can't just pack some of the rooms. And they are having to distance things. And they did ask reporters, "Hey, what days are you going to be here so we can sort of plan?" Um, like I'm not going to be there on Thursday, for example. So that opens. They want to limit. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to, but well, they have to. Yeah, sure. yeah, so that's that's their thing. It's going to be a topic. It's a big topic today in the Big 12. I mean, Bob Bowlesby got up on his... What did he do today? Uh, well, the Big 12 media days, and he talked about oh, vaccinations okay. and what was going to happen if people weren't vaccinated and all of that. It's going to be a big topic for Sankey. I think it's a complicated topic in the SEC office, like it is in most places. But I do know they're telling teams, you know, if your guys aren't vaccinated, they're going to get tested. And if they test positive and we do all the contact tracing and you can't play a game, I think this year it's a forfeit. They're not going to reschedule games. A forfeit. I think it's a, not even a no contest. I think it's a, a forfeit. You lose. Yet there are coaches, I think, including the one in Oxford, who are not 
100% comfortable with, well, you can't mandate it. And I don't know that they really are comfortable requiring it. Mm -hmm. It's a pain in the ass for players who aren't. And so most are. Yeah, they've incentivized doing it. Yeah. With what you have to go through on a daily basis. Yes. They've incentivized it. And I think most guys are. But I don't get the impression from talking to people, and this will be a a major story on Monday, I don't get the impression that there are too many teams that are over. I think the threshold is 85% to stop testing. I think that's right, yes. And I don't think there are many teams at all who are over that threshold. That's a large threshold. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a significant number who are – I mean, that's requiring 9 out of 10. I hate to say this on here because I'll I'll say that I'm, I'm up front that I could be wrong that I could have misheard something, sure. but I think it was the majority are somewhere between 50 and 60% vaccinated, which is a pretty steep climb that's to a, get that's to 85. A number. I mean, just doing math, that's essentially one player is 1%-ish. I suspect coaches, someone asked, is Lane Kiffin vaccinated? I suspect coaches are going to be asked that, and I think most of them – will either answer in the affirmative or they will answer in a, it's none of your business. Which people will read into and go, well, so it must mean you're not. But that's not. Although I would tell you that if I'm asked in a public setting, I'll say it's none of your business, even though I am. Because I don't think it's anybody's business unless I want it to be your business. If that makes any sense. What do you think Sankey's answering this year outside of pandemic questions? Playoffs, TV, expansion, the Big, Big 12. Expansion still in. Yeah, the, well, the Big 12 uh, grant of rights expires in about three years now. There's no sign it's going to be renewed. A lot of rumblings out there that Texas, Oklahoma, kind of searching, getting their, getting their dating profile set, if you will. Mm-hmm. Kind of searching for a new, new home. Maybe. Certainly exploring it. So I think that's a, a topic that comes up as the money changes. I think you're going to hear a lot about streaming, um, a lot about how do you get fans back into stadiums. That's one of the things. I mean, the, the people like Dennis Dodds out there today about guardrails and stuff. The, 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 the schools and the leagues do not want to even think about going down this path of limiting attendance. Two they already have a problem. Two reasons. Number one, they want the money. And number two, they don't need people having two years out of the stadium. You'll never get them back. I'm not sure you're getting back now. Well, I know. It's the, I, mean, that's, I think that's going to be a topic. How do you incentivize getting people to come to stadiums when the game is on in vivid, clear color on your big – I mean, have you ever gone in some of these stores and looked at the screens? Yeah. They're amazing. All the games are on television. And the games that are produced like at the CBS slash ESPN level, the production value is amazing. Like some of the shots from the All-Star game last night, incredible. It's hard to compete against unless you make the games an event. Which is much easier said than done. It's hard. Because what does that really mean? So much of that means win at a really freaking high level. Yeah. That's the only way to truly make it an event. You know what I mean? Like, 
You can do all the bells and whistles, and you can do everything you can do to make it better. And sure, you can improvement, you can help marginally, and you can help different percentages. But at the end of the day, what's it about? It's about freaking winning. And that's all. If a team's not winning, it's not an event. If a team's winning a lot, then you get a few more people in. If a team's really freaking winning, then it's an event. Bottom line, that's it. There is no second. There's no question about that. What makes good marketers? Winning programs. Done. Exciting teams are kind of fun for a year. Sure. But how do you take that and move it? Not right now. I don't. I mean, so a year ago, Vaught Hemingway capped out at, what was it, 16 and a half? Is that about right? 17? I, I, I'm 20 something was like the the max they could have and I think they never actually hit whatever that number was. It was okay. like 21, 22. So let's call like it 20 yeah, for an even fine. number. Yeah, that's fine. And and let's call attendance 60 even though I know it's more than that maximum, okay? It's 40,000 people that you could have gotten to your stadium that you didn't all year long. Well, those yeah. people watched the games. How do you get a large percentage of those people to come back? They saved money. They put money in their pockets. They found different ways to enjoy the games. They found other things to do on their football weekends. Developed other routines. How do you get that to happen? That's why they do no way in the in my opinion. Like this whole what you know, what if this variant or this variant? I I don't see the leagues and the schools going, you know, we we really need to limit attendance here. I think that's that's a that's a dangerous economic route to go down unless you think the tv money will overcome the loss of money at the gate and if you can't sell out your stadium you you decentivize season ticket holders because one of the incentives of season tickets is hey you guys want to get tickets to that alabama game you want to get tickets to the 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 game when texas comes to town or whatever notre dame's coming to town you better buy season tickets I mean, it's one of the reasons. Yeah, sure, Arkansas. It's, yeah. yeah, it's well, it's one of the reasons that you know schools book games way down the line, almost as a reminder to fans of, hey, I know it seems like a long way away, but in six years, when Notre Dame comes to fill in the blank, you're going to want to go to that game. And if you give up your tickets now, you might not be high enough priority by then to get them. Way back, Rebs actually got a pretty good point in the stream. Said some said a lot missed that didn't buy nineteen as well during that poor year there as they they closed up. So then once you missed twenty, that was two years. So a decent percentage because nineteen tickets were down. Oh, it's twenty good point. goes what it did. Sure. So you are dealing with trying to do that third year. Yeah. And Ole Miss has done a ton. I mean, they've called people they never called before here in the last month or so, just trying to get tickets up. I haven't heard an update. I'll try to work on that in the next twenty four hours or so. See where it's at, but. Um, I know for Atlanta it was down, although the secondary market makes it so complicated to figure out how many tickets sure. are actually sold sure. for these openers. But going through the systems for the schools, the numbers were right. below what was anticipated. Yeah, you and can then, get on StubHub or Ticketmaster yeah, or whatever and get thoroughly confused. Yeah, 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 yeah. So You can get screwed is what you can get. So the number of tickets to school sales is not indicative whatsoever of how much red and blue is in the stadium in Atlanta right, for right. that game. Yeah, no, that's... That's nothing. But um, when you go into the stadium, like when Tulane comes here, I don't know the date on that. I think it's September the 18th. The third week. Yeah. When you go into the stadium on that day and the crowd's not what you thought it would be, well, you obviously know that you haven't been able to get all of those people back.
Speaking of big screens, Ginger said they bought one of those inflatable screens and watched games in the cul-de-sac with neighbors. Did it for the NCAA tournament, too. That's an option as well. You turn it into a block party, get the cul-de-sac. Sure. Neil's really excited. I mean, no people <laughs> getting surrounded for the night for three or four hours to watch the game is really what cranks his tractor. But I, mean, I mean, all it, of my it, neighbors it, and I get along great. We, 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 it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, we have no problems. <laughs> at some point, the guy will sell his house, okay? Like, at some point, he will sell the house. I still maintain go. Carson did a favor. He's asking way too much, and he's not. So gonna... he got to reevaluate the next set of flyers. Yeah. I will that. say, yesterday when I went running and I passed by his house and the box was empty again, I did kind of laugh. I wasn't empty. It yet. was empty again. Maybe so many people came through to get Could the flyers be. that he had a run on on on, <laughs> on on the mass marketing that he was he was doing. It could be. And and hey, Chet makes a good point. You know, I mean, in the deep south in, in September, it's hot as hell in the stadium. No, it sucks. And so you're figuring out how do you get people to come to games, and it's hard. People look at me like I have eight heads. And, like, this is not good for my clientele that I'm preaching to right now. But if I sold insurance or whatever else, I would have baseball tickets and basketball tickets. And I don't think I would ever go to a football game. I might go to, like, one if you really tried to drag me for a reason. Yeah, sure. But I'd have dugout club tickets or, or something at baseball. I would have some semblance of a really good ticket at basketball. And football, I'd watch it on TV unless I had a damn good reason to show up at the game. At which point, once a year, you could hop on StubHub. Yeah, I'll spend a little extra cash and get the good seat for the football game and go, okay, yeah, yeah I'm curious about Lane against Alabama today. We'll go to the game. And I think that's something that Sankey's going to be asked about. How do you... How do you envision this in in the future? You know, we talked about Keith Carter, and there's some of the stories that have come out about they're going to redo the facilities at some point soon. And one of the things that's you know down the list, but what do you do with the west side? I don't think you feel like you've got to replace every seat. I mean, the truth is, what you really want is you, you want to make it a lot of premium seats. With lots of amenities and lots of tools and big concourses. And that's what you want. It's what people want. That's what young people want because they've kind of gotten used to that. I mean, Vaught-Hemingway, I wrote this in the mailbag today. That side, I've never attended a game on that side of Vaught-Hemingway. I guess maybe I have a long time ago. On which side? The other side? Yeah, the side across from us. What's that, the west side? Yeah, it's the west side. I'm bad with east, south, northwest. South end zone, north end zone. Yeah, so west side. I mean – you can tell that part of the stadium was built back in a time when you weren't thinking about amenities. I think that's fair, isn't it? I mean, you see that state is all over the place. They've got that at Jordan-Hare, for example. It's, it's an outdated stadium. Sanford Stadium in Georgia is an outdated stadium from a modern amenities standpoint. You need more club areas than this, but is it is it North Carolina that has the stadium seats in both sides of the grandstand? Am I right here? I don't know that. I want to say North Carolina. Maybe I'm wrong. I, there's a major college football stadium where baseball, like, grandstand seats are the entire football stadium, which is brilliant because mm-hmm. you get your premium levels. Now, you need more premium levels in North Carolina if that's the school I'm thinking of. Okay. But otherwise, you're getting, hey, my seat. Because, like, it bought Hemingway, too. Like, it's not 1952. 
they're pretty pretty narrow. Like you, the 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 guy that's six two two ten is not sitting on his number. So what you're saying is stadium. that asses are bigger now than they were. I'm saying putting the asses in seats is a whole different connotation now in 2021 <laughs> versus 1962. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So. There's not room. So you're saying there's a lot more ass in the stadium than there used to be. I understand why people buy those chairbacks, like, you know, the little thing they put in your chair or whatever. Because it's not even necessarily that I want the back. It's that this is my territory. I mean, I'm here. Sure. I'm locking down my area. So some of it's that. But what that does is, no, I'm just in my seat and it's whatever. And it's a little more comfortable for the fan that's not in the premium areas. It's it's, it's, it's great. So, yeah, I, I think that's. In a perfect world, something like that's what you want to do, but that's expensive. That's incredibly expensive. I mean, it makes very little sense from from the standpoint of trying to do it at this point. So, I mean, Grind's talking about Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, which you know, what's it, a hundred and ten thousand, something like that? Yeah, ish. Sure. So you you there's there's no demand for all of the supply. It's incredibly outdated. We were up there. A couple of years ago, was, Carson was going to a soccer camp someplace out in the middle of East Tennessee nowhere, and we stopped in Knoxville the night before. I dropped him off, and that stadium, it's huge, but it's really outdated. So if you're a Tennessee fan and you live in Nashville, are you really driving to Knoxville seven times a year? No. Not if the UT game's on TV. So so, and so those people haven't gone for years. How do you get them back? I, I think the answer is you don't. So I was right here. I'm reading from the Keenan Stadium, Keenan Memorial Stadium Wikipedia page. The 2011 renovation and, and expansion fully enclosed the stadium for the first time in history. Blah, blah, blah. Bringing total stadium capacity to 63,000. Um, this is blah, Chapel Hill? Yeah, this is Chapel Hill. But in 2018, the metal bleachers that had been in place for almost half a century were replaced with individual seats, reducing capacity to 50,500. The stadium switched the playing surface from natural grass to synthetic grass, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So they took out old Mrs. Metal Bleachers, put in essentially Swayze Field-type seats throughout the entire stadium, and reduced the capacity from 63 to 50,500. 50, Makes sense. Sure. Completely get it. Sure. I'd like to see a price on that. I don't see one here, but you do wonder what it would cost. Can it be that expensive? You're just replacing seats. I mean, I know it's not cheap, but you're not breaking down infrastructure. No. So the question that you would have if you were back to Ole Miss from so, because Ole Miss is what sixty two thousand ish. I thought that last renovation pushed it up a little higher than that, but or call it sixty four. Well, yeah, whatever. I mean, so yeah. my point being, it would be about the same as here. It would drop the attendance down to, I don't know, fifty-one, fifty-two thousand. Let's call it that for the heck of it, something like that. Yeah. So the question you would have is: Is that worth doing, or are you better off just biting off the whole enchilada and that's expensive? Uh, I, tearing that side. I know down. you're still a rector setting it, but man, I just don't know how. I don't. I don't know. I, I know nothing. And, and right now, the cost of construction is so expensive. Well, see that that's the part where right now it makes it a non-starter. But who knows what it's going to be in six years or so five, it could be five that years? Higher and it could. At which point you can't do it. But you're not coming off a pandemic where you're. SEC did throw a little cash at you though. They did. But you've already borrowed from it once. I mean, that was borrowed cash. It wasn't a gift. Was Peter and Paul and the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get a little money out of escrow. Twenty twenty two. 
you do get that. That's earmarked or something. You do get that. Yeah, that's that's already gone. A lot of that's going to Matt Luke. Yeah, it is. I I don't know. It's uh, it is what it is. But uh, I think that's. What how many uh, nights Keith Carter wakes up in the middle of the night, counting tens of millions of dollars, trying to figure it out, trying to find out where it is, how you would do it. How would you? Because if you're going to do it, I mean, there's there's an argument. I mean, if I'm hand raised guy in the room, right? But we're talking. I mean, I don't know. I could look. I could be off by hundreds of thousands of dollars. But you're talking about like seven, eight hundred thousand minimum. To do what? What to you're build talking a new about? Stadium. Seven eight hundred thousand. I mean, millions. Oh, I was yeah, gonna say because yeah. if it's just seven hundred thousand, you ain't do it tomorrow. Yeah, no. I mean, it's close to a billion dollars. I don't think you could build a whole stadium. Uh, uh, someone said you could do the whole west side over there, 230. But we're still erector setting it. Sure. You're never fixing the problem. Oh, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think building a new stadium, like going Baylor, on, on, I, don't, I don't think that's an option. Maybe I'm wrong. I, mean, I'm, I emphasize the word think. Yeah. I mean, I'd ask Keith that. Yeah, is, that sure. even, is that even something that you even... Is it even in the... When you're just in the meeting and you're having the brainstorm meeting with all the people, do you even say, hey, what if, what would that look like? Where would we build it? You'd have to build it on a different spot on campus because you'd have to keep the one up that you have to play in. Also, because frankly, they have a hard time growing grass right there where that current stadium is. Well, that would be the least of your problems, but yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sure. But if you're going to build a whole new stadium, let's fix the grass problem while we're doing it. Sure. I mean, that is the surface we're playing sure, on. Sure, sure. That's more important than the premium seating. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it is. Um, no, but I mean, I mean, you'd have to do – so, you're, I mean, you talk yeah, – I would – a billion bucks? Can you imagine? Hey, okay, so what we're going to do today is we're going to start the fundraising for a billion dollars. Okay. I mean, but – I mean, if you're going around the room, you at least have that part of the conversation, right? Where you at least talk about it? So Adam Gardner says Boone Pickens Stadium, Oklahoma State. That should be the model. But what would that cost? If you were to build Boone Pickens Stadium and just replace black and orange with red and blue and everything else is exactly the same, what would that cost? Because that's what, 47,000 seats, something like that? Is that that small? I don't know. It doesn't look big. It looks very nice. Every seat's nice. Every seat has a great view. Shane says Baylor's stadium should be the model. Fifty-five five oh nine. Okay, so it's fifty-five thousand. What would it cost to build that in Oxford, Mississippi? That exact stadium, you just replace the black with the blue and the and the orange with the red, and name it something different. But otherwise, it's identical. It's a it's a it's a twin. What would that cost? I'm guessing a billion dollars. <laughs> I just don't know how you do that now. Chet says you could do it for four hundred and fifty million. I, I, I'm not saying Chet's wrong because he might very well have a lot more locked in on on construction of stadiums right now. But that sounds really low. And even if it's four hundred and fifty million, could you do that? I mean, let's say Chet's numbers right, four hundred and fifty million. And I, for the record, am not arguing with Chet. I just would, I would bet. If we were playing the prices right, I would bet that he was really low. My bid would be higher than that. Um, multiple times I've heard Ole Miss could go into the three fifty four range for 
capital campaigns in general. What okay. doesn't look stupid as you're trying okay. to build through numbers? So, I mean, if everything's earmarked in one place and that is the number, then sure. I mean, look, a goal is for all the crap to match, though. So at some point, the only way to do that is to put a crazy amount of money into the current structure or build from the ground up. And again, maybe you're not doing it all at one time. Well, maybe again, I mean, I, I mean, the, the, the thing that would be the most appealing is to build from the ground up, to start over. But they can't afford that. But that's what we're talking about. And so if you can't do that, or you throw, if you throw $80 million into the stadium, are you throwing bad on bad? Are you wasting 80? I mean, Ole Miss played around with Tad Smith for a long time, and it never got better. Look, the only logical thing to do is, yeah, figure out what you want the eventual plan to look like over 20 years and just start fixing a side at a time and go, look, it's going to look stupid for a little while. But that, that's it. <sighs> you're, you're, you're right, but you're, now you're taking the old house and you're doing – you're, Where are you getting a billion dollars? Because you don't get to build the new stadium and just build one side at a time. You don't get to go, hey, you know what? What are your friends' We're names building? at Laurel? That's uh, um, Ben and Aaron Nathan. Oh, we can call them. Hometown. Yeah. We need a stadium. <laughs> need you to fix up Bob Hemingway. <laughs> and here's your budget. <laughs> Good luck. But my point is you can't build a new stadium and go, well, this year, here's the debut in the new stadium. Here's the east side. Westside's still a gravel parking lot, but we'll get to that later. I mean, like... I, I'm with Chet on this, though. I mean, he says $80 million would be hodgepodge. And I agree completely. We disagree on $450 million, and I don't know why, but if you throw $80 million at it, you're just... I think you're burning the money. Ten years later, you're going to have the same problem. There's nowhere to put the new stadium. You could find a place to put the stadium. Okay, okay. Well, I don't know they're where. They're not making more land. Where are we putting it? Uh, what about Tad Smith, where it is right now? There's All that room area. for a freaking football stadium right there. But you get rid of a cemetery at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> See? We're killing all sorts of birds with that one stone. Ooh. Um. <laughs> yeah. Ginger says Aaron would put some lovely porch swings on the stadium. <laughs> she would. <laughs> In 2009, okay. Can you put it back across the road where the new Turner Center place is over there? The Whatever the rec facility is? I, I, yeah, I don't see why not. Got a big parking lot there, the whole deal. Grind says, in 2009, Oklahoma State spent $285 million on Boone Pickens. So 12, 13 years later. Yeah, sure. Chet might be closer to right than I think. Baylor spent 266. So let's call it five hundred. That's more than I thought. Let's call it. I mean, five. that's less than I thought. I, I didn't realize you could even get close. Of course, the you know the price of goods are extremely high right now. So let's call it five hundred million dollars. If you could do it, wouldn't you be better off trying to come up with something monumental like that as opposed to just throwing tens of millions oh, into look, it? If that's the number. Sure, but five, there, okay, that's the number five hundred. Because there's a hell of a difference in. I mean, maybe you even do some. You know, there's stuff. Because if you're Ole Miss, you don't need a seat over fifty five thousand. No. Not really. You really don't. No, you want you hard want, tickets. You want there to be demand for your tickets so that you can sell them. And you're selling more expensive seats. You're selling the whole deal. 
So you can make up that difference in losing the 9,000 seats or whatnot. <laughs> Wayback Rev says, let coaches from other schools start telling recruits that the stadium is on a Confederate cemetery. That'll go well. Hey man, I was just trying I think to think there's we are Ole Miss stuff going on now. <laughs> I was right. just trying to solve problems. Yeah, that that's not your issue. That's not. <laughs> I could say, hey, it used to be a Confederate cemetery. Not anymore. Well, it still is. Well, you'd move them. Federal property. <laughs> hey, and the feds change the rules all the time. <laughs> Where are you putting them? In another cemetery. Somewhere in Vicksburg? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. Shiloh? I don't know. There's Confederate wow. battlegrounds all over the place. Well, you don't put them in battlegrounds. Well, but they got cemeteries, right? I guess they all have some semblance. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't There's know. There's people buried in Vicksburg. Well, yeah, I knew that So one. there you go. I knew that was I mean, one. how many people were talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I'm asking. And didn't they already move all the northern troops? I don't know. I knew that answer when I wrote that stupid long Facebook, I mean, message board post like months ago about the cemetery and all that was going on. Did all that happen? In, I knew way too much. When about did that. that happen? Was that last summer? That was last summer. Was that seriously last summer? I think was it was because the, the, the players play? didn't want they didn't oh. want to they didn't want to see it. That's right. They, they built the little thing. That was last summer. I mean, it's been a year. Oh my god. How about that? When I learned way more than I cared about about that cemetery over like three or four hours. Just stumbled upon crap accidentally. Yeah. I guess I'm spending my Saturday. Gonna... You did that whole day talking to people because you kept calling me and I was... You didn't really care. Well, I just said, I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got... I mean, I talked to Ann Twitty for like an hour and a half. I know. I remember that. Yeah. You, you thought that would go badly, and it actually she didn't. Was kind of pleasant. Yeah, I, I kind of up, enjoyed the conversation. Y'all ended up buddies. Yeah, no, it was good. So, anyway, um, we've flown right past, so leave something out for later to record because right. I don't have the ability. Unless you're going like double one or the other, just be aware of that either way. I, I, I can I can shorten and double. Okay. That's not a problem. All right, podcast brought to you part by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Seto County, and Chattanooga. And writing and processing is done in Memphis. They're getting local underwriting and understand your market. Leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-A-E at communitymtg.com. Also uh, brought to you by ACS, Automation Control Systems, LLC, Clay McNutt, and the guys in Baldwin, Mississippi. They've been there since 2013. It's a complete electrical control systems solution provider and a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. Uh, if you're in need of custom HMI and SCADA solutions or large horsepower VFD specialists, they've got you covered. ACS, LLC, MS.com or 662-601-4381. Uh, don't forget, uh, Oxford Park Commission has a lot of things going on you can sign up for right now. Uh, youth flag football, $50 a player, ages 6 to 14. They'll play in the fall, so we'll fall baseball. 6 to 15 of the ages for that, September 15th through October the 20th which is the same time that they're going to have uh, a fall softball league at OPC for the first time. Girls ages 5 to 12, OxfordParkCommission.com for more details. Pinpoint uh, Commercial Real Estate's based out of Jackson, Mississippi. They service the entire state in all commercial asset classes. 
such as retail, office, industrial, and land. Sam Cox and B.B. Mitchell are Ole Miss grads, and they utilize their unique skill sets to execute on assignments and increase value for their clients. To learn more about uh, all the things they do, get in touch with them at 601-586-3220. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best-fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they're uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand-tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at bluedeltajeans.com. Don't forget now you can go uh, online at bluedeltajeans.com. You can get measured and design your newest jeans in just a couple of minutes. It's uh, promo code REBELGROVE for 10% off your uh, purchase. That's one word, all lowercase, REBELGROVE. Now's a great time to get a pair of Blue Delta's cotton genos, so don't miss out. Uh, we're also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. has been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a decade, above century, I should say. Engagement rings. Wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. It's LamonsFineJewelry.com or 662-234-2777. If uh, your air conditioner is acting funny, you know it's going to get only hotter between now and uh, the end of the summer. So get in touch with the people at Comer. Comer Heating and Air, professional HVAC experience in Oxford and Tupelo, the surrounding area for more than 50 years, 662 801 one seven seven seven, and we're brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area. You can also go to collegecornerstore dot com, and you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. I got something brought to you by brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit Oxford MS dot com is the website. Go to the events page and see what all's going on locally this week and <clears throat> every week as uh, as well. Some different events happening as well. <clears throat> I'm all tongue-tied today. I've been trying to drink water, and it's still not working very well. Growler this Friday, 6 to 9, for the Micro Brew and View with Lee Harper there on the square. Also, the End of All Music Record Store Day is Saturday, July 17th. Sunday kicks off the Faulkner Conference. That is a virtual conference. Find out more about that at Ox- uh, visitoxfordms.com. And then on Friday, July 30th, still a couple weeks away, the OPC Movies at the Park Shrek Event Park, 8 o'clock for that. So, again, visit OxfordMS.com slash events. No, look, if that's anywhere close to the price, all that makes that, – that that does make sense then if you have land. I mean, all jokes aside, have somewhere to put the thing yeah, sure. to go that route. But I don't think that's the route. I think the route was to slowly and strategically replace sides until they all look congruent. Okay. That's a long process, potentially, or at least not a short one. I think there's a real – I think a lot of the people in the uh, chat agree with me. It's a real possibility that you get through doing that and you look up and have you really made it better? Have you really fixed it? Instead of just modernizing and – Well, because look. look. I mean, I, I, I realize someone goes, hey, look. You go find $600 million, and that's fair. But it is worth asking, and I would be the one in the room that says, okay, when we get through spending $85 million on this west side, how's it going to be different? And can that be done in one off season? Do I lose a year's worth of revenue while they're building over there? How does that work? And I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't have an answer to you that. Know, you, br- you, you break ground at late November, and it's rainy and cold, and construction's expensive, and you, you know, you spring here can be really wet, and you look up but and you didn't get it payoff. done. But here's the payoff, and here's what you are balancing eventually when this thing is done. And we have 
we have great examples of both these on campus. Okay. The pavilion, they didn't take Tad Smith and go, you know what, let's modernize the spaceship. They did for a long time. Yeah, they did. But when you finally fixed it, <laughs> now I don't know how you would have, I mean, the asbestos only goes away to some extent. The best story remains, not to interrupt you, but the best story remains. Andy Kennedy telling David Brandt, David, David, come out here. And David thinks he's about to get yelled at at midcourt yeah. over something he wrote or whatever, which really was. It was probably pre uh LSU when he did when Brant did bite him a little bit on the on the thing. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, when he's being uh He goes, look up there. See that blue dot? And David's like, Yeah. David has no idea what he's about to say. And he goes, That's the sky. <laughs> they got rained out. Basketball game got rained out. Well, he, he would deadpan better than any human because he would be like, you start the interview or whatever, and like right in the middle of the question, he'd go, <clears throat> and he goes, asbestos. Um. <laughs> I mean, the water fountains were still there until they cut it down. But I can remember walking around, and he goes, hey, you seen any squirrels? I'm like, what are you talking about? In the building, you seen any squirrels? <laughs> The only other place that ever gave me the same kind of feeling was that basement at Beard Eves. Oh yeah, it was kind of creepy and like, okay, what yeah. are we doing here in this? This the, 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 well, the, we would go because when I covered Auburn, they played in Beard Eves, and we the media room was a classroom up on like third floor. It's oh, a, really? It was a classroom. Yeah, yeah. So my point being, the Pavilion, obviously incredibly nice, one of the top three basketball facilities from a premium standpoint, all that, whatever. In the country, because they did just start over. They got it done. They built it, and it's it, it's awesome. At baseball, Swayze Field, one of the top five stadiums in the country, but there are things that aren't modernized. There are things that aren't available there compared to Duty Noble or compared to whatever they're calling Florida Field now. I don't know if it's still McKeithen Stadium or not, but whatever. Um, you know, you're, you're not ever going to get 360 views at Swayze Field. The concourses are going to be 1980s, 19 early 90s concourses where you don't have the the different things to do. They've done all they can do, and it's great, but it's not it's not ever going to be your modern type of facility. So, what does that matter? What does that mean? Yeah. At some point, you want to be in whatever that realm is. It's why. I mean, hell, it's why Atlanta, the Braves are on their third stadium since 1993. Yeah. Turner Field was not bad, but it wasn't this modern. But it wasn't built to be a modern baseball stadium either, yeah. and very quickly it was outdated. Yeah. I mean, Camden Yards is no longer this, which is awesome, but like it's well, no longer We were walking this around uh, uh, Great America Ballpark in Cincinnati, and you know Carson was raving about the concourses and all that stuff, and they probably look around at some of the new parks and go, God, I'd love to do what they do. And then you think about like Wrigley and I know Wrigley's a historic monument and all that stuff. And the Cubs have done a lot with Wrigley, but the concourse area of Wrigley's awful. It's awful. Well, and I mean, there are places that that's just, they're never going to get rid of them and they're charming and they are what they are. I mean, you know, but I mean, we say that, but I mean, Yankee Stadium's no longer Yankee no, Stadium. I couldn't mean, do it anymore. Yeah. I guess Fenway's still yeah, and its facility. Fixed up. It a lot. But again, they have nowhere to put it. Right. And you're not moving it out of Balmain. No. Oh, my God. No. no. That thing's not going to, to Foxborough like the Patriots. No, if the Cubs were to decide that they just couldn't play at Wrigley anymore, I don't know. You'd have to build a stadium in a completely different part of town. You wouldn't build it 
out in the north burbs out there. I don't, I don't know where you'd put it. I mean, the joke was that they'd put it out at Rosemont, out near the out near O'Hare, which would have all the charm of I'm not sure what a parking lot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know of anything going on at Swayze. Um, frankly, that they really can do for the most part. They should. They could do some things to kind of make those at those outfield terraces better on yeah. both sides. There are yeah. ways to improve those. Well, they've, like got I all the, they've got all the creature comforts for players accomplished now. They've got one of the top three or four player facilities in the country. And in college baseball, that might be all that really matters. Oh yeah, yeah. I like I don't. Re- I've never been to a game at Baum as a fan. I've been as a. Work, I've in the stands working for games, press to some extent, but I don't know like what their concourse area is like. I know they built so yeah, they built, go down instead of up, yeah, which helps because you can be at the concourses and you walk down to your seats. You don't come up, and okay, then go back up, right? So you're in the concourse, all the seats are out in front of you, and you just okay. funnel down into your seats. So they built that big area out off right field. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a lot of that was player creature comfort stuff, I think. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, if you're college baseball, you you, I think you have to be careful how much money you sink into a college baseball sure. facility because you can't make the profit. In football, though, that's where you're different. You can sit and have a conversation about, hey, if we do this right and we put a winning product on the field, this pays for itself over time. Mm-hmm. It's the only sport where really you can say that. Right. I mean, I don't know that if you're sitting in a room and even at a place like Ole Miss where the fans are rabid about baseball, I don't know that you can say, hey, let's just spend whatever we have to on. Let's just, you know, on baseball and just, hey, let the chips fall. I, that, that, that's hard to justify. But you can treat football differently because football can produce tremendous revenues and will. At some point, football is going to have to be modernized. I don't know when that some point is. I don't know what that means. But they've spent a lot of time over a long period of time to just kind of erector it up. Yeah. That's kind of my point. So you're going to do it again? I haven't seen the uh, the release on this, but I will. Actually, it just came in. Uh, Matt Corral and Jalen Jones are the uh, – Participants for Media Day for Ole Miss. Oh, isn't that funny? That's not who I would have guessed. No, I wouldn't either. I thought Sonogo was a lock and with Corral, and then they'd go from there. So, we'll see. Um, Alabama sending Fedarian Mathis and John Michi III, defensive lineman and wide receiver. Arkansas sending a lineman and a linebacker. Bo Nix going along with a linebacker at Auburn. Florida sending a defensive lineman and a linebacker. Georgia sending JT Daniels and Jordan Davis, a defensive lineman. Yep. Kentucky sending an offensive tackle and a defensive end. LSU sending an offensive tackle along with Derek Stingley Jr., the DB. Corral and Jalen Jones. Jalen Jones, obviously, the uh, senior defensive backs. Defensive back. Mississippi State going with uh, Aaron Brule, a linebacker, and Austin Williams, a wide receiver. Missouri going with a defensive lineman and an offensive lineman. Oh, that'll be Oh, I mean that. That speaking of asses and seats, right yeah. there from Missouri, that that, that get, gets it done. Uh, South Carolina going with Nick Muse, a tight end, and Kingsley something, a defensive end. Sure. sure. 
Tennessee going with Velas Jones, a junior wide receiver. Or sorry, oh, Velas Jones Jr., a senior wide receiver. Okay. And Alante Taylor, a DB. He also a senior. Texas A&M sending an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman, and Vanderbilt sending an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. Who who is picking these freaking players? A lot of love for linemen though this year. But you're having media day, and how many quarterbacks? That's what Corral and Daniels. Is three. that it? Three and Knicks. Yeah, three. Three quarterbacks? Who's Alabama bringing? Why not bring Bryce Young? So Darian Mathis. Okay. And John Mitchie the third. Well, I get I get Mitchie. Bring your quarterback. Bring Bryce. He'll figure it out. He'll be all well, right. I mean, come on. The dude from the Chattanooga paper that likes the buffet is not going to scare him off. It's going to be all right for the Bryce day. Young's a five-star player who's been – Doing interviews. Yeah, since say, he was so like, we gotta protect him. He hasn't talked to the media, so we have I mean, to make sure we since he got out of Huggies, he's been doing interviews. I think he'll be able to handle it. It's like if I'm Ole Miss, I bring I bring Matt and Jerry on. They talk. I bring good. I'll just bring the two guys people want to talk to. Nothing against Jalen Jones, who's great. Yeah. I mean I like, I like Jalen a lot. And he's a great story. But I don't know that he's the national story. Well, he's not a national story. Jerryon is. It, they're doing this seniority thing mostly, right? Coaches are going, hey, you mostly. earned. <laughs> you earned the right to go through you, this you, circus. Yeah, you earned the right to go get dressed up. and Only three quarterbacks. That's crazy. Matt, most of the time, has gone really, like, well-dressed and polished. Do you expect anything crazy, or do you expect pretty business attire, normal normal, normal suit for Mr. Corral? Uh, I think he'll – I don't know. He'll probably dress pretty sharply. Yeah, I'm looking at the list. I mean, I guess is there an obvious quarterback that we're missing that's not – I mean, I guess that's the only other question to this. But Missouri, your dude was good last year. Send him, whatever his name is. Yeah, the uh, Basilite. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm told that he is as boring as is humanly possible. I'm, I'm told he is a very dry, boring – Yeah, because Case Cook is somebody we're all really aware <laughs> of and excited about coming to, to, to Hoover next week. That's a good point. It's fair. And your coach is already the dork in the room. Like, yeah. whatever. Just bring the quarterback. Yeah. Sure. Because he's going to make at least three jokes that are stupid while he's at the podium. Drink what's What day do they go? I don't know. Ole Miss goes Tuesday. You want them to go the same day? Well, it would be fun because I think he would try to. You think he'd go to Kiffin? He'd try. I still can't understand what he's doing. Alabama goes Wednesday, I think. I think Lane's the headliner on Tuesday. Is he? I'm pulling it up. It's him and I think he and Kirby are on the same day. Uh, yeah, there's four that day. First day, Dan Mullen, Ed Orgeron, Shane Beamer. Okay. Mullen's fine. He's always someone. Mullen's actually pretty good in that setting. Orgeron's not going to like some of the tough questions. And, and he's not good in that And setting. nobody cares about Beamer. I mean, Beamer is a complete and utter non-factor. Yeah, it just, just doesn't matter. Uh, Kirby Smart, Mark Stoops, Lane Kiffin, and Josh Heupel. That's a pretty good day. That's a good day. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. A lot to, lot to get to there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saban, Leach, Jimbo, and Clark Lee. It would have taken me at least 90 <laughs> seconds to remember the Vanderbilt head coach's name. Uh, <laughs> I remember now he's an under-name defensive coordinator, but whatever. Uh, and then on day four, 
Pittman Harson Drinkwitz. So Drinkwitz is the very last. Drinkwitz oh, yeah. is at the end. Everybody's out of town. Yeah. That, that's getaway day. Yeah, especially media well, it, days. It is. I mean, it, it, it all cl- three of clears them. out. Yeah. Pittman Harson and. So they're bringing in Auburn on the last day just to keep some people there. Oh, you think? Cause, yeah, for sure. Okay. You think that helps? Oh, yeah. Let that be Vanderbilt instead of Auburn and everybody's out. No one's even there. Yeah. We'll have to welcome to the podium Clark Lee, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, cool. Crickets. Yeah. Who was the Vanderbilt coach a few years ago? It was like the interim or whatever. He goes, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy my one year here. No, and he had no shot the next year to be back. <laughs> whatever that dude was. I don't remember that. Oh god! It will be interesting because we didn't get that last year. Like, what is Kiffin like at the podium? Normally, he's pretty reserved in settings like that. Like, what's Leach like at that setting? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Does Drinkwitz try to be funny? Because the coaches that try to be someone they're not, they bomb. It doesn't work. No, it's why the ones that are pretty like Dan Mullen's Dan Mullen at the podium, and he's actually pretty good. I was going to ask you this a minute ago. You mentioned expansion. If they could do it over again, would the SEC invite Missouri again? A&M's been a resounding yes. Yeah, A&M's been big. It's no. Probably no. They haven't fit. But you need to get somebody. No, no, sure. But they So you fit. think they would have gone east and gotten like Virginia Tech? NC State? NC State would have come without anybody else in North Carolina? Supposedly. Depends on who you talk to. And they're kind of boring, too. But yeah. they fit the profile a little better. It would have expanded the footprint. Would Oklahoma State have bailed on Oklahoma? The question is, would Oklahoma have bailed well, on Oklahoma so, State? Well, if so, it's a non-starter. We'd have grabbed Oklahoma and you call it a day. Sure. But assuming Oklahoma said, no, we're going to hang with Texas. You don't go get Oklahoma State. That's, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, no. You'd rather have the Raleigh-Durham area and go, yeah, I mean, come on. go east. Yeah. If you're going to – I mean, not – I like the state of Oklahoma fine, but if, if if you're going to expand your footprint into Oklahoma, you're not doing it for Oklahoma State. You're doing it for the Sooners. I can sell that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Hey, Oklahoma, Alabama, Saturday night. In. Here we go. ESPN goes in. But, you know, Oklahoma State, Mississippi State, ESPN says, nah, I don't. I don't. I'm good. Nah, we're fine. <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma State, Vanderbilt. No, oh, no. Yeah, okay. But Oklahoma Vanderbilt, hell, it's Oklahoma. There are people watching. I mean, they're one of – That is a good point. It's one, they're of, one of you just go, sure. Yeah, sure. They're one of six or seven teams in the country that when they're on, you go, okay. Well, yeah, the SEC gets a four-week stretch where it's Oklahoma, LSU, A&M, Florida, Alabama, sure. or whatever. And you go, Locked. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Missouri would be a no. I don't think they do it again. Because you can't convince me you've gotten the push in any business way out of that St. Louis, KC area. Mm-mm. Because Missouri doesn't really register there. It's a pro sports town. It, it just the question is if they could go back even further, would they would they still add Arkansas and South Carolina? And I think so. Yeah. Because they were more at that point, they were so much more worried about being geographic with it. Yeah. Because it's almost kind of like, hey, are we giving them today's context or not? Well, that changes things, but if not. Because, yeah, if you're not, you go grab A&M then. Sure. Convince them. I mean, A&M was a big-time win for the league. That it was. was. That was smart. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. – and it got criticized at the time. A lot of people were like, why would you want A&M when you can't get Texas? I'll take A&M. Yeah. I mean, I still think ideally 
It's just me talking. Ideally, you go get Texas and OU and call it a day and own this thing. I think Texas A and M would balk at Texas. Move Auburn to the east. Yeah, sure. Along with somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I think at that point you go ahead and redo the whole thing and put Missouri in the west where it belongs. <laughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> Because you're not, they're not leaving. I, I laugh at the people that are like, you know, Arkansas would like to go back to the Big Twelve. Like, no, they wouldn't. No, no. And, and who? I mean, who would sit in the room in Fayetteville, hand raised guy, and go, "Hey, um, does money not matter anymore? <laughs> oh, it still matters. Then we're not doing this." What was it? The dude from the Athletic that tried to give yeah. that story that day. Yeah. He, he wrote a big long and like I, I understood his point. Like I, I, I got it. Like. I understood. And, and there are fans in their fan base who feel that way. That said, if we go to the Big 12, we're more competitive. It yeah, sure. does this. We can win a little more. But you maybe would we... have no money. Yeah. And, yeah, you're not a football power at Arkansas, and I don't know that you can be one. But they're a power in a lot of other things, and they get mm-hmm. tons of exposure and all of that stuff. And and you make money, lots and lots and lots of money. Yeah, the check comes every time. A check that does not come if you're in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I know. And so how that how that gets lost in the translation is kind of beyond me. Yeah. Podcast brought to you part by Northeast Spark S P A R C two packages: the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world class broadband. N E Spark dot com six six two two three eight three one five nine. Phone services available as well as printer controls. Network security and more. So again, call them, see if they're in your area, and if so take advantage of it. 662-238-3159. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle, based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than twenty states, advisors in multiple states as well. It's Pintrust.com, P-I-N-N-Trust.com. If you're looking to travel uh, here in the latter part of the summer, you're already planning something for the holidays, get in touch with John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Just give him some parameters and a budget. He'll give you options, 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, that's the place to go. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. I've got a mailbag up on the site. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo, condos, land, commercial, residential, family homes, 662-567-2573, 662-842-3844. Also brought to you by Alpha Specialties, located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. It's your trailer-specific professional. If they want, to, if you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. It's the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. Got all sorts of things available to you there. Get in touch with them at 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. And we're brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue is your destination for fine men's clothing. They're also the uh, sponsor of the segment that I introduced on uh, rebelgrove.com last night. We're going to be visiting starting in August once a week with uh, Chance Campbell, the linebacker from Ole Miss, the Maryland grad transfer. We've reached an NLI agreement with him. NIL. What did I say? NLI? Yeah. Oh, NIL. He he does not sign a national letter of intent with us. He did not. No. No. He signed one of those with Maryland, but not with us. Not with us. He signed an NIL. You think he likes the weird Maryland helmet with like the flag on one side? We'll find out. Can we ask? Sure. I mean, Maryland has some weird uniforms. They got some. Yeah. We'll talk about uniforms. We'll talk about his Maryland days. The difference between a turtle and a terrapin? That's a thought. Okay. 
Sure. I got Maryland questions. Go you need to write these down. So uh, that's that will be brought to you by The Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. <clears throat> Just go to the pod system. Get 16 teams and go to 414 pods. I mean, okay. Nine games. You play. So you'd have you'd have a you semi- play your pod and another pod every year. So you'd add playoff game though. You'd have two semifinals. We'll figure it out. I don't know. Just give me a minute. Nine nine SEC games. Okay. You play the three teams in your pod every year. Okay. Then you rotate another full pod. Okay. So you get whatever, and then you play one team from the other two pods. Nine okay, games. that'd be nine games. You're right. Done. It's brilliant. It also gets you playing teams quicker because we it takes sure. too long to get. Like Ole Miss won't play South Carolina at home again for another fourteen seasons or thirteen yeah. seasons or whatever it is. Gonna be a minute. Yeah. So, Shane Beamer won't be there. You never know. He might. <laughs> hey. You, you have no. You have no <laughs> thought that he's going to blow up and be a successful no. coach at South Carolina. Zero. I mean. Drink what's at Missouri over under the next three years. Uh, Does he have a four-year tenure? Yeah, over. Before he gets a bigger job? Yeah. So he finishes second in the East at some point? Yeah. I think he's going to be successful. So he passes Florida or Georgia? Passes Florida. Really? Yeah. Not permanently, but in one year and takes advantage of it? Yeah, sure. Not like he's... Yeah. I think he's a good coach. It's weird as hell, but he's a good coach. I would. There's a part of me that I wouldn't want to have to deal with that the Ole Miss fan base having to deal with Elijah Drinkwitz as their head coach would be kind of humorous because they would he would drive them batshit crazy. Well, that would have been on the heels of them passing on Lane Kiffin. That's my point. It wouldn't have gone. You well. got Lane in Arkansas, and then your coach is screwing with the Arkansas coach <laughs> in that. Yeah. And you've already got the weird Arkansas Ole Miss dynamic anyway. Like, uh, just, yeah. it, it doesn't feel right. That's that's. Oh, had Lane gone to Arkansas? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lane goes to Arkansas, Keith hires drinkers. And Lane doesn't fit Arkansas the way that he fits Ole Miss, I don't think. Lane looks like he would get so pissed off at the pig suey stuff all around him all the yeah. time and be like, what, uh, yeah. get me out of here. Hey, Jimmy. I would think. Yeah. But he wouldn't stay in Boca. He would have taken the job. Oh, yeah, he was going to take the job. Sure. Had Juracek not dragged his feet, they might could have gotten him before Ole Miss could have gotten to him. Yeah. In some ways, as weird as that is, I mean, Kiffin and Pittman will always be sort of linked together. Pittman, three years? Another three? Yeah, I think so. So you think he will coach the 2024 season in Arkansas? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I've been saying for a while, I think their win-loss record, they're going to take a step back, but I actually think he's doing a pretty good job right now. And they'll be fairly patient with him. Yeah, I think so. He's recruiting better than his predecessor. A lot better than his predecessor. And he's stable. He's got a good staff. People like working for him. Sure. He's got a chance. It's going to take a minute. Sure. Team USA finally won a basketball game, beat Argentina 108-80 last night. Just... FYI, since we've been talking about that for a couple of days. Um, Popovich thinks that they're... Turn the corner? 
I don't, he went and goes really that hard, but yeah. thought they held their stamina for four quarters. He thought prior to that they had kind of slipped. How'd my boy Gabriel Deck do for Argentina? You got a box? Who? Gabriel Deck. D E C K. Plays for Argentina. About 26 years old. Good, oh, really? Good international player. Really? Mm hmm. Deck is not in my thing. I'm not going to probably find a box score. You got high hopes for him? Uh, not really. Oh. Just okay. interesting. But he does play. An interesting skill set, yeah. Uh-huh. Like a lot? Yeah, for Argentina, I think Deck plays a lot. Do I have a box? I have a box. Uh, all right, who you want to ask about? Deck. Yep, Gabriel Deck. He did play. He scored 10 points. Okay. He had two boards. He had one steal. Yeah, he was four of six from the field. Went two of two from the line. Had two turnovers. Committed one foul. Okay. Was plus one in his plus or minus. There you go. Dominant. Better than a lot of guys because like Patrick Garino up here, minus 27 in his plus Ooh. minus. When he's on the court. That's not, not good. Not, good things aren't happening. Uh, Marios Dealey, I don't know. I don't recognize a lot of NBA players for the Argentines here, though, compared to. Do you have a starting lineup? Uh, no, I just have okay. a full box. Dakota Mathis played uh, 155 for Team USA last night. Okay. Toward the end of the bench. Cameron Reynolds played 155. Jason Tatum didn't play last night. I wonder maybe, why. Maybe he got in trouble. I wonder what happened. I don't know. Maybe just rest. Okay. Durant Did, played 24 minutes. Durant played 24. Yeah, the most was Bradley Beal. He played 30 minutes last night. Hmm. 29.57. They're kind of struggling at the point, aren't they? A little bit. Anyway, I don't know. Whatever. All right. Uh, you watch any any British Open? Does that get get you at all? Uh, Does yeah. the wind and the rain yeah, and all sure. that kind of sure make you more likely to turn it on? Sure. Because it looks like it's brutally difficult, so I'm I'm kind of interested in that. Well, yeah, it's when I'm watching them just make shot after shot after shot and everybody hits these beautiful shots and it lands on the pretty little green and it's like a little four-foot putt, I get kind of bored, if I'm honest. It's why golfers are the some of the biggest babies in sports is that twice a year you get put in very uncomfortable situations. Just shut up and play. Sure. The British Open, the weather's going to get stupid and things are going to happen and it's going to be completely unfair because a lot of times the tournament is won depending on if you have a – Morning and then an afternoon or an afternoon and then morning sure. from a forecast standpoint. It, just, it is what it is. What do you want to do about it? I mean, I would like to watch them play in a driving month. And then at the U.S. Open where they bake out the greens and they grow the, the rough up waist high and go, good luck. Have at yeah. it. And every year, they've just lost the golf course. We can't play in this. Shut up. I like, play golf. I like watching it when they barely put the ball and it rolls <laughs> 37 feet past the green. I start laughing. I mean, I do because that feels like something I could possibly do. Yeah. When they when everybody's bombing right to the green, it's boring. It is. It is. I'm from a from a non golf person that can get boring. So you went one fifty two that so, day. Sure, is that what it was? One fifty seven, one fifty nine, give, give or take ten strokes. I mean, who was who's counting that? Song? With Jonathan playing two holes. Yes. Um, on a course that I had no business playing. Well, that was my point, though. Yeah. You. Because of forced carries, I don't think you literally could finish like a U.S. Open course. I don't think you could literally get 18 holes in. I'm, I'm sure I could. With unlimited balls, like, <laughs> no. I mean, all day long. 
Well, it's like, you know, Portnoy stick of like, hey, he could win the U.S. Open if he had unlimited mulligans. So he'll go play the U.S. Open course. They'll actually let him out there to do this with yeah. unlimited mulligans. Yeah. And he'll get done and brag. See, I shot two under. It's like you had 437 mulligans. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I used to really not like Portnoy. And now he's I, really growing. And now here. I really love Portnoy. Yeah, it's actually kind of comical because he'll hit a putt like another ball, and he's just like <laughs> just hitting them until something gets up there, or goes in, or whatever. And he, and he bothers people so much that I like him. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what it is. Yeah, like he, he'll. I even watch his stupid little pizza reviews now. They're watchable. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're funny to me. Yeah, yeah. And now all the people recognize him, and it's, it's just it's hilarious to see how much that. For example, how much Dave Portnoy has to drive Dennis Dodd out of his mind? Yeah. Has to just destroy him, like, internally. Just just blows him up. For myriad reasons. Yes. Yeah. Because Dennis is like, I'm at CBS Sports and nobody cares. Not the media world's change where it just doesn't. Yeah, I mean, to me, Barstool's just, it's... Kind of a remarkable story yes. that's grown on me. I mean, I, I, from a straight business standpoint, it is a remarkable story. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at like what Ryan Brown and those guys in Birmingham are doing. I mean, I think I told you. Yeah. I know I did in a text yesterday. They're up to sixth already in sports podcast. Mm-hmm. It's been a month. No football. Yeah. So. They haven't had a football weekend yet. Sure. Yeah. Alabama hasn't played a close game. I mean, Alabama yeah. and Auburn hadn't played yet. Yeah. So. And they will. We will uh, be back tomorrow at some point with another edition of the show. Hopefully, uh, turned out pretty good with no, 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 uh, no thoughts going in, no pre-production meeting, nothing. Just the pre-production meeting was Chase walked in and I said, "What the hell are we talking about?" And he goes, "I don't know." And that was it. And I said, "Okay." And so I just we literally t- did not have a sentence. No, and so that. I typed up assorted stuff. Yeah, and then we just started talking, and here's what came out. So I hope you guys enjoyed today. We'll uh, get right on making sure that we find six hundred million to build a football stadium. And we will uh, tear down a Confederate cemetery in the process. So we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Hope you have a wonderful day. Let's go dig it up. We're not going to tear it down. Okay, We're going to dig it up. Enjoy your afternoon, and we'll talk to you again soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.